Hello, welcome to Unofficial Partner, the sports business podcast. I'm Richard Gillis. Today's podcast guest is Steve Martin, Global Chief Executive of MNC Saatchi Sport and Entertainment. We interviewed Steve last year when he announced he was relocating from the agency's Soho office to Sydney in Australia. It's fair to say that quite a bit has happened in the intervening eight months or so, from the terrible fires that swept through Australia last summer to the current coronavirus shutdown, with all the implications that has for sports events, not least the Tokyo Olympics, which was one of the reasons that Steve was going there in the first place. So we thought it time to check in for a view from Steve to see how the market looks from his new home. If, if this comes back and live sport comes back and live music comes back and restaurants are full, um, you know, it'll be one of the great sort of, you know, celebrations of humanity, if you like, whenever we come through this. The Unofficial Partner podcast is now published daily and we're proud and grateful that our conversations are being listened to by thousands of people from across the sports business every week of the year. If you'd like to inquire about advertising, sponsorship or branded podcasts, please get in touch with Sean via his email, sean at unofficialpartner.co.uk or you can catch us at the website unofficialpartner.com. I was I was thinking um, <laughs> when when we I remember talking to you just before you left, um, and you, since you've been gone, that you've been there's been fires, and now you've got a global virus, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. Your your period over there. Yeah, oh. I know. I know. They say look at the Irish, but um, <laughs> it's it's been an experience, which I have to say, it's it's been. It's been fantastic experience, I would say, even with all of that. You know, and a, um, great family experience, great cultural experience, um, and just being in you know, it's the most amazing city. And I think you've, you've sort of seen how cities and people generally react in times of crises. And I, I think really they've been they've got incredible resilience down here and belief to fight on through. Um, and you know, we've. Finding it yet again with this whole virus thing, it's a similar scenario. People are quite mentally strong and tough, um, and it rubs off on you a little bit. No one's put those two things together, you going and then those two things happening. But, I mean, you know, there's a... <laughs> I think plenty <laughs> have, actually. The, <laughs> the famously, uh, you know, strict Australian immigration point system. So like, yeah, they must they must be shaking their heads. I know they sort of let let me in and went on the end of the world, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 been crazy actually. I mean, it, it's quite laughable. You know, we were talking about it the other day. Just you know, as soon as I landed, probably within the space of four to five weeks, the bushfire started, um, and then there was a whole period post that. You know, that went on and on. I mean, that that was amazing to see how the the country got behind trying to um, support all the different sort of people that have been affected by it. Um, but it was, it was a crazy time. I mean, you'd literally go into the middle of Sydney and the smoke was engulfing the place. It was right down on the water. You couldn't see the city sometimes. So, so it wasn't just affected in the, you know, regionally. It was right down into the sort of real urban areas as well. And, um, incredible. It really scary on the, on the news. It looked really scary. It was. And, and, you know, to put it in context, some of the, the, the actual fires were only 30 miles out of the city. So it was like the equivalent of, you know, Watford. <laughs> They're not far from central London even. You know, it's, it was absolutely mad and um, horrible, horrible time. But I think what we didn't need was then a virus to suddenly land. 
And then I read another story the other day that these locusts are coming from somewhere else. Jesus like, Christ. Not, not now, locusts. Just stay away. <laughs> like, that's it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think, I think there's, uh, there are many issues going on in the world, and uh, I think it puts in context very much what we do and the importance of what we do for a living. Um, Absolutely. What, but, what, are you like, um, what are you like working from home? Are you a sort of get dressed? To, are you a John Terry shin pads? Get the full kit on, you know? <laughs> or are you are you a sort of uh, big Lebowski? There's there's a there's a sort of spectrum, isn't there? There Where is. I would say I'm a hybrid of the two. Um, although I've been living in sort of you know sports gear this week, not like training fitness stuff. Because one of the things we decided to do was, you know, uh, being locked away, um, which we literally all are, is one of the things you can control is is making sure your your, your mind's strong and, that, and that's sort of keeping fit. Um, and keeping the kids fit because they're off school now. So uh, I think we, mm. we, we decided that. So I'm, I'm literally running around in a, you know, an ad for Reebok one day and Lululemon the next. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very strange time. I mean, working so from home. Lululemon is, the, Lululemon is the Lycra end of things. <laughs> yeah, you've not seen me in that. You'll be glad to know. <laughs> um, it's u- unisex. <laughs> it's... Um, uh, it's a very good brand down here and uh, I'm flying. But, you know, everywhere you see, you, you do realize that the whole of Sydney in particular, their obsession with fitness, you know, everyone's out running at six o'clock in the morning. You know, I went down to the um, beach the other, the other morning and I was there at seven o'clock and I felt so late. I felt like I'm, I'm, I'm at, least, at least an hour late here. This is embarrassing. But everyone's running, everyone's getting fit. The, the attention to sort of health and well-being and food, you know, really, really fresh food is, is quite amazing. So it puts us to shame back in the UK, I have to say, a lot of the time. Sounds like it puts me to shame. I'll, uh, I won't share my <laughs> daily routine. The, um, let's talk about the Olympics. What's, the, what's it look like from New York? You're, you know, you sort of went down there and, and obviously Japan and China was a big focus for you for, for the initial move. What, just give us a idea of the where the conversations are yeah i mean look it's an incredible disappointment i think obviously with the news in the last 24 hours that it is shifting a year um i don't think the excitement would go away i i've been particularly excited about this olympics um in tokyo I spent quite a lot of time in tokyo in the last um probably the last 10 years ironically just um with business there i did in my adidas days Get to know Tokyo pretty well in the 2002 World Cup, um, which was obviously Korea and Japan. <clears throat> um, so I know the city well, and I think having seen the build-up to Rugby World Cup and then experience Rugby World Cup and then be very much part of plans with a lot of our client plans around the Olympics, uh, the excitement was really there for Tokyo because it feels like a neutral games. Um, and it feels like it like sport really well. You know, the Japanese culture exports incredibly well, so and the athletes would really enjoy it. So I, I think it's so disappointing, and um, we all feel a bit gutted about it. Um, but the fact it'll, you know, I guess it's like everything, you know, everything's cancelled. You know, it's almost every day feels like six weeks at the minute, you know, with, with decisions that are being made. Um, but I think the Olympics will, will, will obviously come back. The fact that they've now got a date, and let's hope we get through this virus in, in six months. I think the Olympics down here means a lot to the Australian public. Um, I've really felt that. We, we've been doing a lot of work with the Australian Olympic Committee as well. We created a campaign that was just about to launch 
um, in about six weeks' time, which has obviously been put on hold. Um, but, uh, you know, talking to them, they, they absolutely love the Olympics. It, it really does transcend into popular culture here very, very well um, and transcends into the youth very, very well, which a lot of other markets actually find it difficult. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, but it's, again, these events are now racking up next year. I think 2021 could mm. be extraordinary as, as a result. What's the, um, I mean, I've spoken to a few people on the agency side and you've got just what are the implications of these campaigns? So you've bought, you've made campaigns, you've got, you know, the assets or whatever, the players, the, whatever it is that you're using. Um, and those are in the can and some of them will be reusable presumably, but some of them will need to either a refresh or be, you know, they were timely for a moment. What's the, what's the process now? Cause you're sitting on a lot of presumably creative inventory. That's not getting, there's no, there's no outlet for it. We, we do. And you know, the, these things build up over a lot of time. I mean, whether it's champions league with, I work with Heineken, um, I, I work with Coke around the premier league which is now stopped. Obviously, a load of golf stuff that we've been doing um, for TaylorMade around the Masters and then, you know, linking up through into work we've been doing with Discovery Golf as well. So loads of things will be put on hold. Obviously, we've been working as well with some of the many brands down here around their Olympic plans, for example, Optus here, um, Coke globally. So um, there's a lot of IP that's sitting there. There's a lot of ideas and a lot of, you know, I would say it's a huge big box of tricks that we have ready to go. I, I personally think, don't think, they're, I think they're timeless in, in a way. So we'll be able to roll them out next year with a bit of a, you know, maybe reskin them in some shape or form. But, you know, our, our, our lifeblood is our ideas. And I think what we've had to do is, you know, look through and try and shift the way our brains think. Think of what the audience are actually doing right now. I mean, the, the great irony is the audience hasn't gone away. Um, the audience has gone away from the live moments across across sport, but it hasn't gone away digitally or socially. So we need to find a way to connect with those audiences still uh, on behalf of those brands. It's much harder because, you know, not everything's around live rights. Um, but we have a lot of talent to work with, a lot of appearances from talent to work with. So we just need to be creative with it at the time. But I think a lot, of the, a lot of the ideas I've been working on will roll beautifully into next year. And I'm hoping that um, with maybe the, the shortcuts and spend this year, it might create a real war chest going into next year. And you know, the interesting thing for me, Rich, is, is that um, the brands who sort of behave well now um, will will really almost take a big leap from their competitors into next year because some brands are cutting back and they're going to dis disappear and be very quiet. Others are going to be quite noisy and be really smart with their planning. And I'm hoping this is a six-month thing, not a 12-month thing, this virus. And, you know, in, in three or four months, we'll go into planning stage again um, around sort of the, the big ideas to roll out as soon as everything stops um, from a virus, the virus point of view. But, but you know, I, I expect almost like, the, the whole live sport and live music and all those gigs to be to be almost turbocharged again. It's interesting. It sort of reveals sometimes the um, well. I was looking at uh, talking to someone about Nike the other day, and they came out almost immediately with a you know a nice line, and it's you know it went viral. That <clears throat> that's not easy between a client 
and you know Whedon and Kennedy in that case they are so close that the decision making process is almost simultaneous they're almost sort of one unit and it's and it's at times like that that gets revealed sometimes you can be slightly late or you can be missed out of touch in terms of tone um it's quite difficult wasn't it to work work through that and and times like this quite are quite revealing about those relationships agency brand relationships yeah, and it's down to trust. Like it's down to trust in the good times and the bad times. I think you've got to have a very good, open, and honest relationship with your clients. I mean, I think we've prided ourselves not for years in the sixteen years I've been with with them and Sisachi. You know, we, we're pretty straight and um, we'll offer up counsel, but it'll be two way. You know, and I think this is when you need those genuine, honest partnerships to work um, because you can really get it wrong. And I think tone is. Unbelievably important. I mean, there's one you know great saying that never waste a crisis, um, mm-hmm. which I'm a great believer in as well. Um, you know, particularly around around the sporting world, I've been involved with so many highs and lows from from um, you know talent perspective, product launches, etc. We've seen so much over the time. Never waste it. Um, but I think it's incredibly important that when you do communicate, you, you almost in this period of time take away all the commerciality of things. Um, and I think you've seen some examples very in the last week or two. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of creativity <laughs> at the minute mm. online. I think it's, you know, if my WhatsApp pings once, it's 500 times a day with another funny. Um, so people are super creative, but you can get that creativity wrong. And in the commercial world, I think McDonald's got spectacularly wrong. Um, this week with our creative of moving, you know, the, the trying to create the arches and they got hammered for that on social media. I thought it was exactly the, the wrong tone because I thought Coke and forget about us, we didn't come up with the idea. They did a really nice job on the separating all the, the letters of the Coca-Cola brand. It was in a much more um, thoughtful way. So I, I don't know. I think um, at the minute, everyone is online and everyone's watching and everybody is aware that there's many more, much more important issue to deal with here um, than brands trying to um, puff their chest a bit. Um, so you've got to watch that. And I think certainly what we're kicking into in this period of time is advising those clients of how to get that right, um, because it is a very, very fine line um, where you can get it wrong. Presumably also the, the, on, the, on the client side, they've got, I mean, if it's whatever the category is, they've got product launches that are being put back. So it's not only the timing of the sports calendar that's been delayed. You've also got their their own internal calendar of product product release, which is pretty fundamental. And you know, is that how does that play into to this? Is that is there a sort of coordination on both sides, or is it just are just some products just going to get canned along the way? Do you think? I don't. Know. It's hard to say. There's, like, there's no one size fits all here because some products will absolutely fly. I mean. Um, the agency down here works with Woolworths, which Woolworths is, is you know one of the huge Australian brands. Still, I know Woolworths means something different in the UK, but yeah, it's an inc- mix. it's incredible brand here. And by the way, know, Steve, that's my first my first, uh, and I think probably only uh, I'm on, I'm on record for stealing from the pick and mix <laughs> and got away from <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah, they still I, I didn't reoffend. I'm like Nelson Mandela. I, did, I never reoffended. Ooh, careful, they might but, come uh, and get yeah. you still. These legacy things come back and coming back to haunt a lot of people of their previous. I was behavior. one of the people cheering like when wars went under. I was cheering. I was like, you know, they won't get me now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an amazing brand here, and actually, 
um, I think the, out of the 25 million people in Australia, almost 15 million people, um, you know, have a connection with Woolworths every day. So, it, so it's a massive uh, um, national company here. And I think they're going to do incredibly well because of the grocery market. There's other, you know, home fitness products that people are buying. Um, I would love to be in hand sanitizer. I would absolutely love to be in um, desktop screens. Um, you know, I'd love to be even what, what I found down here incredible is in the estate agency market, like the real estate is, is crazy. It's still going ahead. You, know, you couldn't, you can't rent a property because the demand's so extreme. You can hardly, you know, buy property here. Um, so there's many brands and many organizations, many companies will do very, very well. Um, there's others who will obviously be be hit um, very, very hard. But again, I think the language that I'm hearing from most of our clients who would have big product launches or campaign launches to roll out, they're thinking of it as, as a six month hit. So. Um, I think the plans will start to come around. You'll start to see, hopefully, if this virus is, you know, contained um, in some shape or form, and, and you know, the, the curve, as they say, um, goes down and flattens. You'll start seeing those brand launches um, coming into play again. And actually, we've, we've, we're spending quite a bit of time with our clients, sharpening the ideas a little bit and making sure they're absolutely right. Um, so, so uh, I don't know. It's very interesting times. Every day, literally, I would say is different for us. Um, every day has a different conversation, and we're just hoping that um, you know, certainly from an agency perspective, um, we're seen as a vital partner and and providing the right counsel to them to get through it. Well, um, on the agency side, looking at the you know internally, you've got over here. We there was. I mean, talking to people last week, there was, you know, real shock, but also, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to start to have to make people redundant. We're going to be, you know, cutting back. And then the Chancellor um, announced an 80% sort of protection level um, in the UK we're talking about here, um, which then the tone around agencies sort of softened a bit. And again, talking to people this week there's there's they're a bit more optimistic in terms of keeping more people or at least you know um being able to manage the cost based through that because of this government sort of uh, support is that the same over there is that are they doing similar things yeah, yes they are i mean obviously i think every business never mind whether you're an agency or not is looking into how the government can can genuinely help um in this great time of need for everybody and um, you know, agency life is incredibly hard anyway. I've, I've said that for you. You know, it's a tough gig. Um, you know, I think we've, we've had that consistency over 16 years. We've still had that, you know, tremendous growth. My most um, important um, thing to focus on is making sure we hold on to our staff because, we've got, uh, you know, we haven't become a bad agency overnight. You know, we've got a terrific agency, a great business. Um, that has that is such you know so much more growth in it. And that's why we're all still around. That's why I've had the backing of MC Sachi for years. Um, but we've got to hold on to our staff. And I think um, you know I heard some of the words on the podcast you did last week, and it was very doomsday, you know. And that was almost probably a reaction to um, you know the news was was going at a rate of knots, and the whole. Dialogue around this this virus was changing, you know, every every five minutes. So I understand why people were um, talking more of doomsday, doomsday language. Um, 
that has started to change a little bit uh, with, with the government use. The government here are backing to, to a very similar level um, uh, in terms of the package that the UK government are saying. So, you know, we're all having those dialogues. Our, our, our chief financial director is actually, you know, almost on the hotline to, to try and make that happen because I want to make sure we have the team in place that we've built up for many, many years across all our countries. I'm, I'm not just talking about Australia, but all the markets that I look after. And, um, you know, if, if this comes back and live sport comes back and live music comes back and restaurants are full, um, you know, it'll be one of the great sort of, you know, celebrations of humanity, if you like, <laughs> whenever we come through this. And we need the team in place to be able to, 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 to do that and manage the client demand because I think the client demand will go through the roof. Um, but it's, you know, we've got to put ourselves in place now. I, I, I'm not as doomsday as um, I've heard some of our, uh, some of the guys in the industry. I, I, I'm a bit more hopeful. Um, right, just to, I'm, I'm, Liverpool FC and the Premier, Premier League title. Are you, with Karen, are, you with, are you with Karen Brady? In terms of let's just cancel it. Sorry, Liverpool. We'll have to do it all over again. Are you? I, what, what, I'm what you, imagining you're on that side of the argument. Are you? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, um, do you not think she made a fair, you know, made a, a very eloquent argument? I don't think the words eloquent go, go particularly well um, there. But um, no, I mean, I, it, again, it's it, this is so subjective, isn't it? And it's so tribal. And I, I could almost tell you can tell what's going to come out of the mouths of certain fans in these scenarios. I mean, you've got, you've got Man United um, fans who are obviously struggling and have struggled for quite a number of years, which has been um, interesting to see. Obviously, hating the fact that Liverpool are so far ahead to try you know, to, in this league, whereas you've got other clubs that have actually been incredibly respectful. But look, my view is... It's a season. You can't just stop a season. You know they should see it through, and then if it doesn't, you know what a waste of every game, every match, everything. You can't just stop it and then, you know, pretend it never happened. I mean that's ridiculous. Let's just shift the timing, and obviously the timing for the World Cup in twenty twenty two maybe needs a shift anyway, um, in preparation for that over the next couple of years. So, um, no, I think they have to see it through. Like everybody knows, I, I, I'm a pretty um, you know vocal Liverpool fan. Um, I've loved them from I was eight years old when my dad took me there. So, um, but I want to see it through. And obviously, we've had so many years of being so close, um, and then this happens. So it's sort of hard to believe. But I think the right call, whether I'm a Liverpool fan or not, is is actually to to, to see it through and then draw a line a line under it and go again because they've got the time on their side now. This would, this would be if if Spurs were in Liverpool's place, you know, and and that's not going to happen. But this is the sort of Spursy end of season, wouldn't it? It would be like they would be, you know, <laughs> massively ahead, only to lose it on the on a you know on a virus, and they have to start again. It's like a it would. I, I mean, Spursy to me is one of the great um, phrases of the last two years <laughs> because you know exactly what it means, and I don't even yeah. know who made it up, but it's it's. Um, yeah, but you know, I'd feel the same if Spurs were in the position Liverpool were in, that many points ahead, having absolutely rocketed through most teams this season. I mean, it's been quite incredible. Um, you'd want them to see it through for that reason. I mean, look, if it was one or two points 
But even then, they should finish the season. So um, I don't know. You must be tortured, you know, watching Spurs anyway. Yeah, it's actually, uh, you know, the virus has been an absolute boom from that perspective. It's, it's <laughs> you know, you don't have to watch him every week. <laughs> Sean is, uh, Sean is, he's, he's, I've never seen him happier. He's absolutely delighted. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it, again, all these things, you know, that this is, this is the madness of sport. I don't think, you know, no, none of us could have predicted the lockdown um, of, of sport globally. Um, never mind countries locking down globally. Um, it's, it's so extraordinary times. But I think you can't just draw a line on it and pretend it didn't happen. And I think it should become very celebratory towards the end. And, and hopefully Liverpool will lift it. And then we move on because you know, all those, those teams and those managers are so professional. They want to move on and win the next thing. Right. Thanks, Steve, for your time. Goes without saying, stay well, stay inside until uh, until we're allowed out. But uh, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, hope that you and the family are okay. Thanks, Rich, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. And I'm enjoying all your podcasts; they're, they're great. I'm, I love it; keeps me very connected to the whole industry, um, which we all adore. And um, you know, keep them going. Okay. See Brilliant. you soon. Cheers, mate. Thanks bye-bye. a lot. Bye-bye. Be well. 